you all know how much I appreciate Reva. Right in the middle, she can help balance everything out. How's that? Uh, a couple of things I want to bring to your attention. Uh, we made a little bit of change to the bulletin. We'll get into that a little bit later. You'll notice on the very back of the uh, first page of the bulletin, uh, we also added the uh, Wednesday night notes. And uh, this is in regards to some other things that I've been thinking about doing and making sure that everybody's prepared and has something that they can work with also on Wednesday nights when they're together. We're going to take our Bibles now. We're going to go back to the book of Revelation. We're going to go to chapter 10, Revelation chapter 10. And uh, I will say that as we uh, look to today's services, so many of the things that I see that are written in the Word of God has a, a great responsibility for all of us. Never take for granted the time of study. Never take for granted that God has allowed us to see things. Um, the, the notes that you see up on the board, this is from last week when we were looking at uh, the first seven numbers that we see in the scripture, number six being uh, any time that you see that is the correlation that goes with man. But also after that seven, meaning the, the divinity of God, and of course the seventh millennium is when Christ shall reign. I'd like first to go down to verse seven, and we're going to look at now what the seventh angel has to say. Look what it says. And in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, this meaning the, the trumpet sound that, uh, that we're going to look at, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God should be finished, as he hath declared to his servants the prophets. So today as we get in to our notes and our studies, of course we're going to go down to the end of the chapter, I want us to look at the mystery of God. That's really the eschatological study that we have today is the mystery of God. And more in depth, we're going to be looking at the things that we see when it comes to a verse-by-verse -verse study. Now let me say this to you. We oftentimes refer to the verse-by-verse -verse study as exegesis meaning that we have to be able to go from verse to verse to verse. Now what's interesting is we don't like necessarily to study verse by verse by verse because it doesn't always teach us the way we like to be taught. Okay, let's be honest about it. Exegesis, or exegesis, if you will, is really an interjection of the verse of, of the Bible. So once again, both of these are two ways of studying. I believe the best way to study is an exegesis study with an eisegesis, or an exegesis study as well that goes in together. <clears throat> so when we look at the two of them that are combined, we find that there's great def definition that can occur. So there's topical studies, exegesis, uh, you know, in, is also a good way of, of topical study, but so is eisegesis. And so we're going to be getting into that. Now again, I don't want to confuse you with particular words, but I do want us to understand why we select the way we do. So we're going to be focusing on verse 7 today, but we're going to go down to the end of the chapter and we're going to look at more of the things that are in the Old Testament that pertain to us today. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Again, Father, I pray that you will help us now to understand the things that you give us. We are thankful, Father, for the blessings that you show us each and every day, and we pray that you will guide us in our study. I know how excited I was to see certain things from this passage, but Lord, my zeal 
may be just for myself. And so I pray, the Father, that if you would have me uh, go beyond this with the congregation, then I pray for your help. I pray that for your leadership, and I pray for your complete understanding and everything that you give us. Help us, dear Father, to be faithful unto you in all things. Help us then to learn that we might spend the precious time of our studies together. And help us not be afraid of the things that are written from the Word of God, but, Lord, to embrace them. Help us then to guide us, and, and that help us then, Father, to understand your guidance and the direction of the Holy Spirit. And also, Father, that the things that we are learning are things that you gave us from not only the Old Testament, but the New Testament as well. So guide us and bless, keep us, dear Father, and use us, for it's in Christ we pray. Amen. Now, one of the things that has to ask the question is, is the Old Testament completely fulfilled? Now, if you are to sit down with somebody that wants to take the Bible as it's already happened, it's already spoken, it's already occurred, then understand this, is that our Bible is limited in scope. Now, here's the way I perceive the Bible. It's historical in nature, it's present in nature, and it's futuristic in nature. Now, understand that. I believe that the Bible, as we read it, is historical in nature, present in nature, and futuristic in nature. Those th three things have to occur if what we understand about the Bible is true. Now, if we take any part of the way, let's say we take away the futuristic example of, of the scriptures, then by immediate application is everything is beyond the book of Revelation is dead. Uh, that's why so many people can actually say that Satan is already chained and that he has already been bound for a, for an, a number of years that are, are really not even explained in Scripture. And yet that goes against everything that we read in the book of Revelation chapter 20, where in Revelation chapter 20 said, and, that, and the Lord God sent angels, they laid a hold of Satan, he is bound for a thousand years, and then we see just the rudimentary effects of man upon this earth. Now, with that in mind, I want us to consider one of, one of the errors. Let's go ahead to the next slide. If you recall last week, as we were studying, we talked about how that the seventh or the sixth angel was a representation of what I oftentimes call the Colossus of Rhodes. Now, there are, there's very little... Uh, that we know of an example of the Colossus of Rhodes. Some think it's mythology. Uh, some of it think it's real. But the reality is, is that there was, uh, you know, by everything that we can read, there was a great Colossus. And this Colossus, if you notice, it has the bulb that's in the heaven. There's no book in his hand or anything like this. But many times people think, well, where did they get the image of the Colossus of Rome? or of Rhodes, excuse me. And the only place that I can find that we find this particular example is found to us in the book of Revelation. So you had the spread out legs, one up on the land, one towards the sea. And so if you take a look at the book of Revelation where it speaks of this angel, we'll look at verse 5, it says, And I saw the angel, and the angel which I saw stand upon the sea and upon the earth lift up his hand to heaven. How many of you see that in the Colossus? 
you see that hand that is lifted up to heaven. What is he lifting up to heaven? He is lifting up to heaven the, the power, the strength of the remains that are there. The, the vision that you see between his legs, where, you know, and a lot of people say, well, how do we know that this really occurred? This is something that we see in the depiction of mythology, and it's also the depiction of what they call the ancient wonders of the world. So the reality is, is that when we see this image, it has to be taken out of the book of Revelation. May I point this out to you? That a lot of times when we go back and we study, for instance, the Spanish uh, exploration of the New World, the Spanish exploration tells us a little bit about what they were looking for based upon the scripture. Do you understand that the Roman Catholic Church, the priest, were the ones that kind of, give a, kind of drove them? Cortez was looking for a city whose builder and maker was God, but even more so, he was looking for streets of gold. Did he find it? Yes, he did. He found the ample amounts of gold that were in the New World, and he carried that gold back to Italy, or back to Spain, if you will. We also see the, uh, the great images that Ponce de Leon did in Florida. What was he looking for? He was not looking for a fountain of youth, as we have renamed it, but he was looking for a fountain that sprang up into eternal life. Where do we find that? That's in the scriptures. So a lot of times we have allowed the history to recope or rename things. But if we go back and we study the word of God, we can see where it comes from. Now, today, as we enter into our studies, we're going to get into the sounding of the seventh angel. And as the seventh angel begins to sound, notice what he says. So, so let's go ahead to the very next slide, Brother Joe, and I'll show you what we're looking at. In verse 7 it says, And in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, in the days of the this has already happened. And yet, when I read the book of Revelation in chapter 10, my argument with, the, with anyone who wants to say that this has already happened comes down to this. When did this occur? Now, what they want to say is, well, this has already happened in times past. Well, if it happened in times past, there ought to be direct indication when this has happened. So what happens is people want to draw parallels to some of the persecutions we faced, you know, the Baptist persecutions and things like that, but it doesn't meet the moniker, it doesn't meet the requirements of the book of Revelation. Look what else it says. The mystery of God should be finished as he If you think about this, he had to be called the Nazarite, which that was part of the title that you actually see in the book of Matthew, chapter 4. He had to be called, uh, literally, uh, when you take a look at Rachel, when she said that uh, the lamentation of Rachel because her children were not because she was weeping. I mean, every little thing has to occur in the Old Testament that was prophesied of his birth. 
What about his crucifixion? Everything about his crucifixion that was prophesied had to be fulfilled. Well, the one thing that has not been fulfilled yet are all that I'm talking about. Let's go, if you will, to the book of Zechariah. And uh, again, I want you to go to chapter 12. If you have trouble finding Zechariah, if you find Malachi, then you're almost there. Just back up one chapter or one book, if you will. Let's go to Zechariah chapter 12. And I want us to go, my fingers are sticking here, let's go down to verse 10, shall we? Alright, now look what it says, Zechariah chapter 12, verse 10. And I will put... study of eschatology will lead people to go in many multiple directions. Have you ever recalled where it says in scriptures, where is the promise of his return, or where is the promise of his coming? There are many, and I include Baptists in this argument, many so-called Baptists that have given up on the return of Jesus Christ. And they say, oh no, no, try to bring in a hocus pocus. Now again, if you're listening to this and you are an amillennial or postmillennial, please understand this. Postmillennialism gave over to amillennialism. The postmillennial position was everything's going to get better. century, going on up into the 20th century, to where we saw the revivals of, uh, that, that came along with Billy Graham, as well as the concluding Bibles of D.L. Moody and all the rest of them. But may I point this out to you? It did not get better, and one of the questions that a lot of people had to ask was, why, how do you fit in World War I? How do you fit in World War II? That was have ever heard of the Gatling gun. Okay? Do you realize the Gatling gun was the first automatic weapon that was ever designed? And yet, if you go back in and you look at the Gatling gun, it has nothing compared to the, the, the terrible destruction that can occur with the weapons we have today. I, I oftentimes point this. How many of us know that the carbine rifle, which was used in World War I and World War II, was actually developed by a prisoner, a United States prisoner, because he was accused of shooting and killing uh, an I, the uh, revenuers, or if you will, the, uh, the IRS agent that came in and said, you can't make alcohol without taxation. And so Carbine Williams created, if you don't believe me, go back and look at it in history. Go back and see where it fits. Carbine Williams created 
the carbine. And that instrument alone helped us overcome the world wars. Now, here's another one that, that's interesting. We see advancements far greater than anyone has ever imagined before. We went from the steam locomotive to diesel locomotives. That happens immediately. We went from riding horses and, and the horseless carriage to the trains to the modern diesels that we have today. Look at the cars we have today. How many of us are driving around in a jalopy? How many of us are riding around in a model We'd probably do better if we did. But how many of us have realized that we are no longer in that presence, but the vehicle I have that I drive around regularly is probably ten times the vehicle that the original car was. All of these have to fit into the pattern of Scripture. So I bring this up to your attention to make sure that everybody understands the things that goes on. Verse 7 tells me the fulfillment of the prophets are now happening at this time. Look at verse 8. And the voice which I heard from heaven spake unto me again and said, Go and of the angel which standeth upon the sea and upon the entire earth, or upon the earth. Now, again, here is what we see in that great Colossus, but in this case you have a book in the hand. And in this book, he is going to be required book originally. Let's take our Ezekiel, and we'll go to chapter 3. In Ezekiel chapter 3, and this is an amazing passage, if you will, because in Ezekiel chapter 3, there is so much that is in detail. Look at verse 2. So I opened my mouth and it Now, I want you to get this. Here in the Old Testament, we can see all of this aspect that is here. This is right out of Ezekiel chapter, chapter th uh, 3, verse 3. And it said, it was sweet as honey. Now, I'll tell you what. There's nothing sweeter in my, in my taste than honey. But you know, if you eat too much honey, it'll make you sick. Your body can't absorb that much sweetness. And yet, over in the book of Revelation, in verse 8, it said, And the voice which I heard from heaven spake unto me again and said, Go and take the little book. Now, here's the thing. Go and take that little book. The same book that we read in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 3. Go and take that book which is opened in the hand of the angel, which standeth upon the sea and upon the earth. So, once again, he is going to be required to fulfill all... In verse 4, chapter 3, it says, And he said unto me, Son of man, go get thee unto the house of Israel, and speak my words unto them. Now let's stop there for a second. What is the book of Revelation all about? The book of Revelation is not about uh, the entire world, even though the entire world is going to be judged. The book of Revelation is about the restoration of Israel. Now, in Ezekiel chapter 3, remember what I said, you had you have the historical, you have the, the, the presence, you know, the present time frame, and you have the futuristic. 
In the book of Ezekiel, and this is where people miss out all the time in the study, it is about Israel as you're going to be allowed to live in and then you're going to be given the charge to come back to Jerusalem. They want to go to Jeremiah chapter 29. They're going to say, oh, chapter 29 is all about the Gentile nations. Is it really? Well, let's go back and let's see. I know I didn't add this to the notes, but if you will, hold your place here. Let's go to Jeremiah chapter 29. And we love verse 11, do we not? Jeremiah 29 verse 11. And it reads, For I know the thoughts of the says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Now that is, that's pretty good for all of us. That's good for all of us. But I want you to go back to verse 1 and let's see what it says. Now these are the words of the letter of Jeremiah. were departed from Jerusalem by the hand saith the Lord. For thus saith the Lord, that after 70 years, why don't we add Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 10? That goes along with verse 11. 
For that after 70 years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good toward you and encourage you to return to this place. In other words, the reality is, is that he is saying, I know the plan of God. What does the book of Ezekiel detail to us? The book of Ezekiel is preparing the people to go back to the land and there they shall be recovered in the land. What's the book of Isaiah? And 66 chapters in the book of Isaiah. And each chapter of the book of Isaiah coincides with that which is written in the Bible. Makes sense, doesn't it? 66 chapters versus 66 books of the Bible. Let's continue on with it. What about the book of Daniel? It foretells us everything, not only up to Messiah's coming, but then he is told, close the book. Don't write anything. in the second in the second message in verse 1 it says this and it came to pass in those days that I, that there went out a decree from Caesar that is wrong that's a terrible to know all of that. Look what else it says. And all particularly verses 6 and 9. Now I can go on. But the reality is is that every little thing that we read in the Old Testament is now going to come to pass. Let's see if that's not true. Let's take our Bibles. Let's go back to the book of Revelation. Chapter 10, and let's go down to verse 8. And the voice which I heard from heaven spake unto me again and said, Go back to the This is the same message being spoken to. 
some of you believe that this was spoken to you. Don't raise your hand because I don't want to embarrass you. But this is not spoken for us to have a complete understanding. You know, in this time frame it is. But it's to call Israel apart. Let's see if that's not true. And go take this in the book. Which is open in the hand of the angel which standeth upon the sea and upon the earth. Meaning, I'm getting ready to call forth all back to Israel from every corner of the planet. Now, tell me that doesn't send shivers up, up to you. Do you realize that we have Jews on every island? We have Jews in every country. They've been persecuted. They've been wronged. They've been done everything. I mean, you know, I had someone say, you know, isn't it terrible what the Germans did to the Jews? How many of you all know right now that there is a great push to hide the how many of you all know And as long as we have Jews that are still living, that have... ...in the, the, the gas chambers of, 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 of Auschwitz and others that, other places. The reality is, is that these people are... But how many of you also understand that in the death of six million Jews, six million Jews, the sympathy of the world allowed them to have place to reestablish their towns, to reestablish themselves in the promised land. Isn't that amazing? How many of you all also know that the only country that stood behind the Jews was the United States of America? And it's scary, isn't it? And yet there's a push that even America would no longer support the Jews. I believe America exists right now, at this moment. And, I mean, you look at all the evil we've done, and yet we're allowed to exist, I believe, because of our direct stance with Israel. Let this sink in. England no longer supports Israel. Russia does not support Israel. And in 1948, there was a movie that actually came out many years later called Cast the Giant Shadow. I'd recommend anybody and everybody to watch it. The only thing America did was we recognized Israel as a country. Now, I'm going to stop there for a second. When I was pastoring in California, I met this one guy. His name was Saul and S-A-L, Sal or Saul, however we want to pronounce it. And he was my tailor for every suit that I bought when I lived in England, or lived in England, lived in, uh, uh, in California. And I got to talking to Sal, and he said, well, my family is from Palestine. He said, I am old enough to remember when I had to give up, we had to give up our houses to allow the Jews to move in. Now, you want to know why there's so much conflict over there? They cannot forget the past. They will not believe the Bible. And God is going to see it full. Let that, let that sink in. They cannot give up the past. They will not believe the Bible. And God will see it full. You, you get it? So the prophecies of the Old Testament have to come into place. Look what else it says, verse 9. And I went up unto the angel and I said, Give me the little book. 
And he said unto me, Take it, eat it, and it shall be thy belly bitter, but it shall make in thy mouth sweet as honey. Is this not the same exact words that we read in Ezekiel chapter 3? Isn't that amazing? So the things that we read in Ezekiel chapter 3 are now coming to pass in Revelation. Now, once again, a lot of people say, well, John... Do you realize that as long as John's word exists, it's still going to happen? Look what else we see. And I took the little book out of the angel's hand and ate it up, and it was in my mouth sweet as honey... And as soon as I had eaten it, my belly was bitter. Why was it bitter? Because now is the call for all Jews to hear the word of God. We're going to see that a little bit more as we go into each part. It was sad to me is how that every time that we take a look at from the book of Genesis all the way up until this time frame, the Jews were either hot or cold when it came to God. No in-between. Hot or cold. And the reason they were hot is because they were close to God. You don't believe me? What happened in Genesis chapter 6? You had all... Now think about it. You had, you had from Adam all the way to Noah, and you had all those people that were there. Here's the thing that's interesting. If you go back and study the, the, the time frame, Methuselah died at 969 years of age. Lamech died at 770 years. Both of those men died the same year as the flood. And yet, when Noah entered into the ark, no one but he and his family entered into the ark. Meaning he and his wife his three sons and their wives entered into the ark. What happened to God's people? Interesting, isn't it? Did they listen? You know what scares me? We're seeing a time frame where fewer and fewer Gentiles are listening to the warning of the Word of God. It's one thing that if I had the opportunity, I would tell everyone within the shout of my voice, Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent, because today is the day of salvation. Repent, because he's coming again, and he's coming quickly. You know, if I can make that point, if I could get people to understand that, then how powerful would this message be? When my time upon this earth is finished, we may have some recordings, there may be some people on Facebook, there may be some images, and who knows, somebody might come across some of the things, and God uses this message. Even after I am gone, and if he chooses to use this message, hallelujah, but there will be a call to the Jews to return to Israel. Even greater than what we see today. But do you realize that even a small portion will come to truly trust in Jesus Christ. In verse 11 it says this, And he said unto me, Thou must teach, thou must prophesy, thou must warn. That's what the word prophecy means. Thou must warn. It's like a great herald. If you ever remember the bell, and back in the time frame, the people would have the herald that would go around to the town, and he would ring the bell every hour on the hour. When he didn't sound, 
or if there was an alarm, he would also decree the alarm. Do you realize right now, we should be the ones crying out with alarm, all is not well. Jesus Christ has returned. Have we given up? Have we given up on the return of Christ? Oh, I hope not. Because we have a message to deliver. And aren't you glad for those of us that truly believe the Word of God that we're not going to be here? I've heard so many preachers say, Oh, you know, you're kind of crazy. I want to be on the ark. I want to be in the ark of his safety. Prophesy again before many peoples and nations and tongues and kings. It's time to come home. It's time to come home. So that's the message that we have for today. I pray the Lord will bless. Father, again, thank you for the goodness that you give to us. Help us, dear Father, to be faithful unto you in all things. May we rejoice in thy name. For it's in Christ we pray. Amen. God bless. We're dismissed.